like we got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. We don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. Hope you're uh, staying safe out there in the weather. And uh, not being outside, because that would suck. It is very cold out. <laughs> it is a, uh, I guess we're going to get a white Christmas, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Kansas takes on Harvard tonight. I'm curious what the crowd attendance will be like. I mean, obviously, always Allen Fieldhouse. Like, they're going to fill it up and stuff. But I, I think it was last year. Gosh, was it like the George Mason game? Maybe it was the Nevada game where... There was, like, snow, and I think they just gave out, like, free parking, free tickets, something. Huh. And the attendance was good. I think it was listed as a sellout because all the tickets were sold. But it was not a full Allen Fieldhouse. It was close to it, but not a normal Allen Fieldhouse crowd. Now, you're 21.5-point favorites over Harvard, so if it's only, you know, 13,500 people are actually there, I think you should still be fine. Yeah, I mean, realistically, what's the over-under on the number of people— that try to get out. I mean, that's the thing. It's 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 pretty tough out there right now. Well, because if you if you live in Kansas City, you're like, yeah, probably not going to risk it for this game, right? <laughs> Against Harvard, you know what I mean? And I mean, more power to you if you come out. Then and obviously, there's your not thing, many drive students. Safe, but, there's not many students, right? Students know, aren't here. Break. There's going to be a lot of Lorenzians. So I, I hope that the crowd is is good and okay um, for this game with with kind of the current conditions outside. Uh, but as Bill Self said at his media veil earlier this week. Cold to never stop the basketball game. So uh, KU to take on Harvard here. The Harvard, show goes on. Yeah, it does. Uh, we're going to have pregame. Very short show today. Pregame is going to start at 4.30 for Kansas and Harvard. And tip-off is going to be at 6 o'clock. You can hear it all right here on your home for the Hawks, KLWN, as well as our sister station, 105.9 KISS. Harvard comes into the game 8-4. and four. They are ranked in the 180s on Ken Palm. They're like a top 150, 160 team if you look at like Evan Miyakawa's or Bart Torvik's website. Uh, they've been really good on two-point shots this year. They can't hit threes to save their life, like legitimately the worst three-point shooting team in the country, which means I fully expect someone on Harvard to go bananas tonight. That's just how it works. Yeah, that is how it works. Normally, you know, I mean, it's, it's that, it's that age-old uh, adage of, you know, Kansas is always everybody's going to get up for Kansas, right? Every every team that comes to play Kansas is going to be juiced up to come play at Allen Fieldhouse. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But yeah, I mean, it seems like somebody they're just going to what they're just going to start like four for four from yes. three or something. It's going to exactly. be like twelve to two. Right no, they're, the they're shooting twenty four percent on threes. They're going to shoot like forty okay. percent today. Could you shoot twenty four percent on threes? Could I know? Like like if you shot a hundred threes, no, you make twenty four of them. No, how many do you think you'd make? Like in a practice setting where there's well, no like, fans there? I mean, uh, yeah. Well, in a college know. arena? Or am yeah. I just like at a local gym? Because then the number's going up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, well, I mean, like, obviously these guys aren't just shooting 100 threes in consecutively. So right. it's like, could you make 100 over the course of a season? Over the course of a season? Like if you were a player. No, I'm, ne- I'm never even getting the ball. Threes. Nobody's passing me the ball. <laughs> like, why, why is this guy on the court? 
And then if I do get the ball, somebody's just stealing it from me. No, <laughs> there's no chance. Um, Harvard actually does have a pretty good defense. They've been solid in a lot of areas. They rebound well. They limit the three-point line. They can test it well. They're just kind of solid in most categories. Uh, but obviously, for Kansas, if you play your game, if you even have a B game in this one, you should be able to kind of roll. They've been on a roll lately. My biggest question in this one is kind of the letdown game, right? Uh, when you add in the crowd that if the crowd isn't 100%, it'd be a little easier to maybe, you know, the environment is a little letdowny. We saw the Southern Utah game, which was the perfect letdown opportunity, and yep. sure enough, it was a letdown game <laughs> for Kansas. And in this one, you probably have the cold weather. A lot of the kids are like, man, I'm just ready to get home for Christmas, spend a few days with my family. We just beat Indiana by a billion points on Saturday, a ranked team. Now we're playing Harvard before we get into Big 12 play. This would be an easy letdown opportunity. So that's kind of the the big question for me, the Kansas is on a roll versus a possible letdown well, game. What's curious about a team being on a roll, like what what typically is something you want when you're a team on a roll? You want to keep playing games, right? You want to keep your rhythm going. Well, for Kansas, this stretch of where they've where we've determined they've been on a roll, it's actually been games where they've had long breaks in between games, right? Which is kind of interesting because normally when you when you want it when you get hot like that as a team, you want to just keep playing. But for Kansas, kind of it's been the opposite. The recipe for them playing well has been having these long extended breaks and I think that speaks probably to you know Bill Self and preparing and, and the coaching and, and practicing and whatnot so yeah I don't know this is a tough one because I think you, it could go other way like they've I've had another long break after the Indiana game so a chance obviously to, to sort of fully recoup and get ready for this game against Harvard but you're right it's the last game before the holidays last game before conference play like this would this is the quintessential game of well, yeah, you know, we're just gonna kind of show up and win, and then Harvard maybe punches them in the mouth early or something. Yeah. and then it's a you know it's a game from it's there. It's an eight so. point game at the eight minute mark or yeah, something. Yeah, ex- exactly. And they have to pull so, away. So I, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough to gauge. I I suspect that Kansas is gonna come out and roll though because I mean, listen, you don't you want there can't be any feeling better than winning big right before you go on holiday, and then you're like, okay, now we can fully lock in for conference play, right? So I I suspect that that's gonna be the message from Bill Self, and I think. My anticipation would be that that's what Kansas is going to do in this game. Yeah, and I, I definitely know, like, we have made note before of the last game before winter break that sometimes it has not gone well for Kansas. And, and it's definitely happened, but I also think that is a little bit of something of like a, I don't know, it's like a mental game we play. You you remember the ones that stick out more. Yeah, you, know you what remember I mean? the ones where they struggle. And I, I remember looking at this last year and I was like, they've actually been better at those than they thought. So uh, let's see, 2004, they lost their, their final game before the Christmas break at Nevada by 14 points. So that would certainly classify as that. And maybe that's a part of it, too, if you just lose early in the Bill Self tenure because they uh, – I guess the next year they beat Milwaukee by 11, but that's kind of like a close game with Milwaukee. Maybe it's just if you lose early enough, it's just like, oh, we think about it every year because it <laughs> happened then. But uh, let's see, 2006, the last game before Christmas, they beat Northern Colorado, so now they're 2-1 and one in the Bill Self era. I mean, I could keep going through all these, but I, I feel like I don't need to. It's just like the like the Temple one sticks out for me, but like you go to last year or you go to two seasons ago. I don't ago remember the game last year. They beat, I think, West Virginia in their last game in the COVID year. Uh, before the winter break. Last season, they beat Stephen F. Austin. That was kind of a, a ugly game for them that they had to win late, but they still won it. Uh, the last game before Christmas, I guess, was the Villanova game the year before. I don't know. Maybe there are up-and-down results, but I, I don't yeah. think it's as bad as maybe you would think. It's just no, the ones that they so lost, either. they stick out. No. So what are we looking for to see out of this game? Because if it is going to be in line with what Vegas is kind of predicting, 21.5-point spread, then it's not necessarily a game where it's like, well, 
how is KU going to match up with this? How is KU going to stop this guy? Or <laughs> how is KU going to going to do well against this? But right. just like in general, what are you looking to see out of this game that, that maybe could lead to more data points? Well, I think you'd like to see a continuation of the bench improving and or building upon their last game. I mean, you think about it, Zuby had, like we discussed earlier this week, his best game of the season, we think, against Indiana, right? So can he build on that? And it wasn't talked about enough, really. We didn't talk about it much at all, but Bobby had double digits against Indiana also, right? So that's another guy that if he suddenly is able to develop into even like an 8 to 10 point a game or 6 to 8, 10 point a game guy off the bench, like that's pretty significant, right, for a guy like Bobby. So I don't know if the bench can can, can still develop and do some more. And then obviously from Jalen Wilson, dude kind of sucked. <laughs> he went 4 of 18. I mean, <laughs> so is he going to bounce back? What's he going to look like in this game? Yeah, I would I would think he will bounce back. Uh, Sucked is a little aggressive. No, I know. It's the, a the aggressive. Harvard best player is the power forward. He averages like 18 points, 9 rebounds. So that should actually be a fun matchup. But, yeah, you expect him to kind of bounce back as a shooter yeah. because he is kind of that guy. Um, I, I guess we just see if, if you know, Dewan and Kevin can continue to, to rack up stats but or, or steals, I guess. But, like, that's been a theme all season long. So if it doesn't happen this game, it's not like I'm going to yeah. just completely change so, my mind. Something I'm curious about that I, I – Doubt we'll see in this game in Harvard, but just big picture-wise as we head into conference play, like we've seen what can happen to this team when Dewan gets into foul trouble, right? It's pretty much a disaster against Tennessee. But what happens if like Jalen gets in foul trouble or even like McCuller gets in foul trouble, right? I, I don't think we haven't really seen we haven't really seen those guys or this team be in that situation with other guys, right? It's really been just the just Dewan. And look what happened. Like when Dewan was in foul trouble, the offense completely stalled, right? So what if it is Jalen? What if it is Kevin McCuller? What if it is KJ Adams? Because I can assure you in conference play, you're going to have games where Jalen's going to have three fouls by half or McCuller's going to get a couple of ticky-tack fouls, right? On the road against West Virginia, he's gonna, they're gonna, the, the whistles are going to go for Bob Huggins. They're going to get a couple calls against him or something. So just kind of big picture-wise, like I don't expect any of that to happen in this game against Harvard, certainly. But I guess what's the contingency like for other guys getting into foul trouble? Or I guess basically just this week or coming into today, I just started thinking of like, Obviously, we've seen the team on a roll like we've talked about, but what are what are things that could go wrong for Kansas and how would they respond? So that was my first thought was we've seen Dewan get in foul trouble. What about some of the other guys? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, really, I guess the biggest takeaways for me, it's it's circling back to the bench. What, what you talked about with Zuby and Bobby, like can they can they pick it back up? But also, what if this is an opportunity for, for extended playing time for some of the guys on the bench who, who haven't played as much recently? Like, what yeah. if Ernest Duday gets a little bit more time, or Clements, or Cam Martin? Yeah, I think best case scenario is you get up like 15 early, and then you can kind of experiment a bit. Exactly. With, yeah, some of the yeah. backups. Um, MJ Rice, that that whole discussion is is very interesting to me. You're talking about a guy who has shown a couple highlight games, North Dakota State, and then the Texas Southern game. Now, in the Texas Southern game, Kevin McCuller was out, so obviously that led to more playing time there. But you've seen the highlights from him. And we know what the ceiling can be there in those types of performances. Yeah, we've also seen a lot of games where we've seen some games where he has come in and, and it's been the opposite, Just where it's kind of you know, over three. It yeah. Hasn't really felt his presence out there. And then we've seen a lot of games, especially recently, where he just really hasn't played. Like he either he plays two minutes in, in garbage time, or he plays four minutes in the game, and uh, you don't even really remember him being on the floor. It's just it's tough to figure out his whole story because of the fact that there were the injuries and there was COVID. And I don't think he's been a great practice player, and I definitely don't think he's in kind of the the circle of trust for Bill Self as of yet. 
maybe this is a game and in, in a time of year where you can start to develop that. Because I, as we've talked about many times, ideally, MJ Rice is part of the rotation. Doesn't mean he has to be a starter. Doesn't mean he has to play 25 minutes a game. No. But ideally, he's giving you 15, 20 strong minutes off the bench and is part of that rotation because of what the potential can be. If he doesn't live up to that potential this year, then obviously you're not just going to grant him part of that rotation. But this is the type of game where it's like, Yes, it would be nice if, if he started to get inroads. Well, kind of what you mentioned there with so we assume the matchup is sort of MJ versus Joe. You talked about MJ maybe not having Bill's circle of trust. Does Joe have it? Probably not. So that that really does leave the door open for either one of those guys, you're right, to have a step up game and to build towards possibly earning that, right? Because a, a lot of this discussion has been, well, you're probably only gonna have one other like guard swing score off the bench and it's probably either Joe or MJ right but we don't think it'll be both so one of those guys has to emerge mm-hmm. and we don't think either and I don't think either one of them has the circle of trust like you just touched on which means there's an opportunity for either one to get it. yeah and at the same point in time I, I just know this is gonna happen even if MJ does have a big game we're gonna sit back and be, yeah, like, we're gonna be well, like oh well it was against Harvard yes so it wasn't really he didn't really have to work that hard he did really well against North Dakota State and Texas Southern, and that didn't lead to more playing time, right? So it's kind of a – it's like the Zuby Adjifer game against Indiana, although that one probably carries a little more weight because it was against Indiana. Yeah. yeah. But it's – we came away from that saying that was great, and maybe that means something, but let's wait and see the next few games if it actually strings together a streak but, I mean, versus are we just, just being a one-off. Are we just going to wait and see ourselves until the – First week of March with I MJ. Think you like, have that's how to. it's gonna be. Is it gonna I be think you kinda have to. Every six games he's gonna have a big game. We're gonna be like, oh, well, we just need to wait and see. Yeah. And then he does it again and then it's March. No, I, I get what you're saying, and it's it's annoying to a certain standpoint. <laughs> but also that's what we had to do with Remy Martin last year. And it ended yeah. up well, being but, wait and okay, see, and we saw, and we Remy, saw very well. Well, Remy Martin didn't, but the difference there was Remy Martin like legitimately didn't play at all. No, I know, but it was it was wait and see if he's even playing. No, and then I, it was still the same. By the time he was I back, yeah. which was at the end of February, it was like let's wait and see what his role is. <laughs> and then it really didn't become a he's going to be a part of the rotation until probably the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's probably what we're going to have to do with MJ. You know, just kind of a, an annoying part of this. Uh, but we'll see if he has a big game. So pregame for that four thirty tip off six o'clock. We are going to take a time out here. We'll have Rock Chalk pick a hawk later in the show, and uh, we'll also pick the game against the spread and the over-under when we get to our uh, game picks later in the show. But coming up next, we have a Chiefs preview. A little after that, we've got a uh, guest from the Arkansas side of things, Trey Biddy from Hog Sports, is going to help us preview the Liberty Bowl from the Arkansas view of things coming into the game. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app. Depend on it. Did you know that on our website, klwn.com, as well as our sister stations, 1059kissfm.com, bull929.com, we have a program called Hometown Deals. So you click the tab, and it takes you to a magical place where gift cards are 50% off. We have handfuls of different restaurants and places that you can go to that you can get a 50% off gift card to. So just go to the website, click Hometown Deals, and you'll see some of those gift cards for 50% off. If you're a business and interested in being part of this as well and getting featured ads at no cash price and just gift card cost, shoot us an email, djohnson at gpmnow.com. Welcome back into Rock Shock Sports Talk again out at 4.30 today for pregame of Kansas-Harvard. Tip-off at 6 o'clock. We uh, will not have a show tomorrow. And then coming up um, next week, we won't have a show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday and then on 
after the show on Tuesday, we'll have a, a special edition of, of Hawk Talk from down in Memphis. We uh, will not have a show next Wednesday. Yeah, it's kind of rude of them to have the game, like, I know. during the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I did want to make mention of this. KU women's basketball lost for the first time last night, so that was unfortunate. Yeah. It was a triple overtime game. 85-79. to 79. Unbelievable. Great game. Unfortunately for Kansas, they come up with their first loss, but still overall very successful yeah. in uh, yeah. the non-con. Okay, so the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Seattle Seahawks on Saturday. Most of the NFL games are on Saturday. There's there's three NFL games on Sunday. I don't even know like how to properly approach talking about or previewing <laughs> this team right now. They're not playing well. They almost lost to the Texans, a one-win team. They almost lost to the Broncos, a really bad offense. And after that, they, they lost to the Bengals. But as soon as I say, like, oh, I'm picking the Seahawks to pull the upset or they're not going to play well this week, I just know they're going to win by, like, 20 points. Yeah, it's 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 a weird time to be a Chiefs fan, I guess, at this point. I mean, you got the off-the-field stuff with the fandom and Chiefsaholic, and then I don't know if you saw, Kalen Saunders just was kind of went crazy on Twitter earlier this week. There was the whole Dustin Colquitt stuff, and then Tommy Townsend got named AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, so like kind of a middle finger to Dustin Colquitt, basically. So then there's like <laughs> there's just a bunch of weird stuff going on. And I what I really think was most telling about some of that stuff is the Kalen Saunders stuff. It made it makes me some of his tweets kind of made me wonder like it seems to me like maybe and I, I listen I have no sources I have no idea I'm just I'm just totally kind of hypothesizing here. But it seems to me that the the Chiefs' defense internally thinks they're doing a good job. Okay, that's just that's just what I, that's just the way I'm kind of reading it a little bit. Now, I mean, that's fine, right? Which I mean, is not you, good fine because they are objectively not doing a good job. So if they think they are, that is not I mean, good. You know, it's fine to have confidence in yourself, but I, I don't know. You know, and then you get the Seattle team where it was like. Early, early in the season, you were like, oh, automatic dub. Seattle's going to be the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. And then Seattle was randomly really hot to start the season, and then people were like, ooh, I don't know about that one. And now they've sucked again. So now it's like, okay, well, what are, what are we going to get here, guys? So I don't know. And then on top of that, you factor in the fact that I think it's going to be like the wind chill is going to be like negative five on Saturday afternoon for the game. So it's going to be really, really cold. And I don't know. I mean – Maybe this is the game where Pacheco gets gets to just kind of run it right. Like this, the, honestly, in the cold, Pacheco would be a terrible running back to go against because he's just a psychopath. He's oh just, yeah, he's just, just going to run he's just right into you. Run That's around, not run feel around good. like a maniac. So that, that I mean that, that could benefit uh, that could benefit the Chiefs. And then with Seattle, they've had some injuries, right? Like Kenneth Walker. I don't even know. I don't know his status for this game. Uh, I think yeah, had questionable. Other, yeah, I think they've had a couple other guys. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm expecting the Chiefs to win, obviously. I'm expecting it to probably be an ugly game because that's what the Chiefs have been doing recently. But, like, would it would it shock you if randomly the offense in the frigid cold just goes crazy for, like, 40 points? No, it would not. It never does with this team. And, and yeah, like, Seattle comes in at 7-7. Seven and seven. They've lost four of the last five. So, yeah, as much as we feel like the sky is falling to a certain regard on the Chiefs, the sky is, is not falling. No, it's not. Relax. It's not. I know. The I know. Chiefs it's are not. fine. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it it almost feels like oh the Chiefs only beat the Texans by six. The sky is falling. The sky is actually falling for Seattle. They have lost four <laughs> of the last five games. You know. Yeah. Uh, they I mean, actually, they're they're probably not even make the playoffs at this point. I don't think. No. I think they're still in the hunt. Not, but. Yeah. Yeah. They are still in the hunt. It can definitely happen. And if they win this game, then everybody will be like, oh yeah, they are going to be a playoff team. <laughs> um, 
They've actually been a really good offense, though that has been dropping a bit over the past few weeks. But they're they're seventh in points scored, so this is actually a game where you can learn something about the the Chiefs' defense. They're eighth in passing yards per attempt, tenth in rushing yards per attempt. As you mentioned with Kenneth Walker, he's probably the scariest part of the offense, but we don't know if he's going to play. That certainly changes things if he can't. Uh, but Geno Smith has actually been good this year, and again, he's oh, yeah. kind of fallen off the last few weeks. But um, these are his stats. I was. I was still like I knew he was having a good season. I looked at the stats today or yesterday and I was like, "What? He's having a great season." 71% completion rate, 26 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. I don't know if he has more rushing touchdowns too. And he has almost 3700 passing yards. Like he yeah. has an outside shot at hitting like 4000 yards. Yeah, he could hit like 4500 yards, like 33 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I mean, unbelievable season that would be. Remember the year the Chiefs had the first pick and they had to take Eric Fisher? Because there was no like big quarterback out there. Was it was like Smith Matt Barkley, Geno Smith. Smith I think he was the top quarterback. He went in like the second round. There was a world out there where the Chiefs end up with Geno Smith. <laughs> and I don't know well, where that I'm, world goes. I'm glad they didn't. But yeah, no, credit to Geno Smith. He has really experienced a, a career renaissance this season for Seattle, right? And for Seattle, that's great. I mean, literally, this was a team that people thought was going to be the worst team in the league coming into this season, right? You trade Russell Wilson, you're pretty much pretty much committed to the tank. And now here you are practically almost in the playoffs at this point. So it is it is a very curious team, and Geno Smith hasn't playing great. And listen, I mean, they still have Tyler Lockett. They still have DK Metcalf. Like, they've got weapons on offense, and it shows uh, with, with what their offense has been able to do. So, so yeah, this should be a game where I think you're right. I think you can learn something about the defense depending on how this game goes. And, and again, like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, you know, I, I, don't, I haven't communicated with anybody or I don't have any inside source or anything, but based on the Kalen Saunders stuff, like, I think there are some guys in the Chiefs locker room that feel like they are doing, feel like they're playing well, right? And and from the rookie standpoint, that could be very true. I don't know if you saw the stat that they had the the top fifteen uh, corners and separation rate, and McDuffie was two, and Josh Williams was like twelve or thirteen. So two of your rookie corners in the top fifteen in the league in terms of uh, separation rate and coverage, right? That's pretty impressive. Karloftis has been decent right I mean he hasn't been like a breakout crazy player or anything but he's been pretty solid and so I mean there, there are definitely some some bright-ish spots on this team defensively uh, and, and again the question is can they put it together down the stretch right and I'm trying to think was it uh, 2019 I think or no it must have been, it was 2018 maybe where the defense was like one of the worst in the league for like the first 12 weeks of the season and then they just randomly got really good for the playoffs right yeah um yeah, wasn't that the Super Bowl? Was that, was, that super, was that the Super Bowl year? It might have been super the Super Bowl, Bowl year. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, I mean, it's definitely possible that this defense could could figure some things out and and you know really take a step forward towards the end of the season. And so, yeah, I mean this this should be an interesting game for the Chiefs. Obviously, like I said, it's it's one I expect them to win, but I I, I don't know what I don't at the same time like I say that and then. I also don't know what to expect. No, exactly, exactly. But the the thing you talked about with the young corners, I mean, maybe they have the most to uh, not necessarily prove, but to show out in this game. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been on the the practice injury reports this week, so I don't know what his status will be. But if they do have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, that is a very good one-two punch, yes. and there's a perfect opportunity for Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams to to kind of go off there. Um, yeah, I think I think above everything, this is just a make it feel like you're trending in the right direction, headed toward the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I don't. This doesn't have to be like a 
a blowout or anything, no. but it needs to be a game where like you're pretty in control for most of the game, and and you're right, it it feels like a, okay, you know, we've we've got a handle on what's going on mm-hmm. here. And get the win, right? This doesn't need to be anything crazy. Right. You know? Like, don't let it be a game where Seattle has the ball four minutes left down a touchdown to tie it. You know, <laughs> Like I mean, it has been the past. Exactly, month. exactly. Like, it's 28-17 with four <laughs> minutes in the fourth quarter. Great. Uh, but, yeah, Seattle is 29th in points allowed, so their defense has been poop. They are 31st in run defense. Big game for Pacheco, Pacheco. and Jet. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, oh, gosh, uh, Ronald uh, Jones got playing time against Houston. Yeah, only because one carry, uh, I think. Yeah, Maybe only because two. I know somebody Pacheco fumbled. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was trying to remember. I knew he got the carry for. Does he another. get one over under point five carries for Ronald Jones on Saturday? I'll go over. Okay, actually, I'll go one over. and a half. Oof! <laughs> now you're pushing. It. <laughs> now you're pushing it because Derek McKinnon's been so great. So it's like, yeah. if even if Pacheco struggles or whatever, like Derek McKinnon has been the biggest glue guy of this. Of this offense, I mean, he's been incredible, right? And we still have this whole situation with Canarius Tony, where like he's like kind of back, yeah, kind of healthy, but it seems like in a like, limited role. Everybody's like, "Well, we're gonna try to ease him back into it. We're gonna try to ease him back into it. Get him out there, my God!" I mean, coming from the guy who two weeks ago was like, "No, do not play him against the Texans." <laughs> yeah, don't play him against the Texans. But I mean. Uh, again, I'm every week. I'm trying so hard to bite my tongue on this whole theory of well, Kadari Stoney's just going to be perennially injured and he's never going to play. So, like, I'm trying to hold that take in, but every week I'm just I just want to let it fly. How does the weather affect this game for you? I, I like I, I I don't know what to expect. If it's super windy, I would imagine that hurts the passing game. And if it's really cold, it yeah. makes the ball a little more slick. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just running I, more. I don't know that the cold necessarily will factor in that much, but I think the wind could factor in. What if but, it actually helps Harrison Bucker? He missed a field goal, but the wind pushes it back in. Man, I don't, I don't know what to do with the Harrison <laughs> Bucker discourse, man. Because, like I said, you had the whole s- stuff around like Dustin Colquitt calling out Tommy Townsend, like, "Oh, he's a bad holder," blah 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 blah. And then it's like, dude, I mean, you're an NFL kicker. Make your field goals, <laughs> Jesus. So I don't know what to do with that stuff. This but, is, I mean, I am, I am leaning to be more out on Butker for sure. Yeah. Well, with the weather, if it still can be, uh, which I still expect Patrick Mahomes to play well, this certainly is a big opportunity for him to kind of take the MVP by the horns. Um, it's not a standalone game or anything. There's going to be a bunch of games going on, from, so not from that standpoint. But it's a big enough game. You're playing a team who, you know, is in the playoff hunt, and, um. For Patrick Mahomes, right now, Jalen Hurts dropped below him in MVP odds after he gets hurt last week and had kind of a bad game against the Bears. No, Mahomes has got the MVP locked up. Well, my one one question would still be the Joe Burrow-Josh Allen thing at this point. Both Hurts being injured, uh, it's a big opportunity for him. Josh Allen sucks, and Joe Burrow (laughs) is overrated. I just, I I worry with, (laughs) so the Josh Allen part, you had the big primetime game against the Dolphins where he has the big plays late, and then if he plays well against the Bengals and they win out and they get the one seed, I guess that's true. I guess if one of those guys just goes nuts uh, in that game, like between the Bengals and the Bills, if one of them just goes crazy and then Mm -hmm. that team gets the one seed, like, okay, Mm -hmm. fine. And that's next week. But also, listen. I'm just going to tell you something. I don't think Mahomes gives a flying bleep about MVP or anything besides the Super Bowl. Did you see the picture of him after they when, during the AFC West Championship celebration? Everybody was smiling. Mahomes looked like he wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. He did not like, look happy at all. We only beat the Texans by six. 
So I don't think he cares at all. Yeah. And, that, and honestly, I agree. Oh, but I care. I have a, I have. No, I don't care. Bet. Go get the Lombardi. That's the only trophy that matters. Come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I would like to see him win it nonetheless. And this is a good opportunity for it. Hertz is out. Got an opportunity here to, to kind of cement your lead because right now he is uh, the betting favorite. All right, he is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. We are brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Homefield, a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, has incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs because they dig through the archives of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments. The Kansas Collection has 14 pieces of apparel, including T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, and they are some of the most comfortable things that you will wear, plus they look really cool. And they just released, well, not just, but after the national championship, they released a national championship shirt. Use the code ROCKCHALKSPORTSTALK. That's ROCKCHALKSPORTSTALK, all one word, and you'll get 15%, 15% off your first order. That's right. Code Rock Chalk Sports Talk, all one word for 15% off with home field apparel on your first order. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We uh, were supposed to talk with Trey Biddy, who runs the 24-7 sports site for Arkansas called Hog Sports, and he had to uh, last-minute cancel on us. I think some of the weather stuff, he dealing with some, some stuff with uh, the weather down there in Arkansas. So hopefully we can yeah, get I mean, Trey on maybe sometime next week to – to preview the Arkansas <coughs> side of things. So instead, me and Nick are going to talk about the KU Arkansas <laughs> game in the Liberty Bowl. Uh, this will actually be your last show yep, yep. for a while to what? Like next next, next uh, Friday, actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we have no show Friday. Because you're no going to the game. Yeah, I'm going to be leaving on Tuesday to go there. So if you see, I always say if you see me, but nobody knows. <laughs> do people know what I look like? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> like, well, if you if just you listen me, to the radio, you have no idea. But if you true. like follow yourself on on social media, then I guess you that's might. a good point. That's yeah. a good point. So if you see me down there, uh, you know, come say hi. I'll, I'll I'll chat you up a little bit, and and uh, you know, we've been flirting with the idea of doing some uh, you know like man on the street type interview segments. So if you want to be interviewed and be on the show potentially by me, yeah, hit me up. Come find yeah. me. And I'm gonna leave that up to you because you're technically on vacation as part of this. I am, but, but I'm gonna you, be there. At, you know, exactly. If exactly. you want to interview people I'm and send it, in, I will gladly use the audio yes, and play it. I'm on the still show. promoting the show. I'm still gonna be there. As, you know, I'll be out and, uh, out with KU stuff, obviously. So, yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's yeah. So for me, as you said, this I guess will be my last show. Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be driving back Thursday, mm-hmm. and then Friday, I'll be back to uh, yell about. KU and or Arkansas or whatever. Based on what happened. Um, <laughs> is there something you're most excited for to, to be in Memphis to do outside of the um, game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've, I've never been to Memphis, uh, so I'm just excited to just experience it. Uh, I mean, obviously, the big thing is, like, their barbecue, so I'll, I'll probably try some at some point and, uh, you know, Beale Street and whatnot and, and go hang out there. Uh, but also, I'm a big history guy, and Memphis is obviously the site where Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, and they have a pretty famous... Uh, civil rights museum in Memphis that I'm gonna hopefully try to go to as well uh, because I like that kind of stuff, history stuff. So like that might be like a Wednesday morning like pre KU game experience for me. Uh, so that's just something that I personally enjoy. Uh, but also I think I mentioned this. Memphis has the United States' largest Bass Pro Shop yes. in the country. Are you gonna actually go? I'm, I might actually go. I mean, I feel like I have to. It's the largest Bass Pro Shop in America. What do you mean? How can I, I love not? Love the go? transition of going from the MLK <laughs> Museum to. <laughs> the largest bass pro shop. <laughs> Incredible. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be a good time. But, uh, obviously, 
I would like KU to win. So that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be part of it as well. Uh, yeah, but I'm really looking forward to it, and you know, a, an opportunity to go for KU to their first bowl game in in 14 years, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm excited. And I, and the good news is uh, the weather is supposed to be warming up a little bit by the time uh, next week starts. So or by the time the game is going to be next Wednesday. So that's that's good too. I'm sure a lot of KU fans are probably happy about that as well. The forecasted high on Wednesday is 47. Which, in Memphis, uh, compared to today, sounds like you're going exactly, to the Bahamas. Exactly, exactly. So that's pretty nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it should be a good time, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So should be a good opportunity, and I'm really just I'm really happy and really excited for all KU fans to get an opportunity to experience this. Right? I mean, we've heard so much about how this this program, this city, this town, this university starved for good football, and now it's finally here, and I'm. I'm really just excited that people get to enjoy it, and even and for, even for someone like me, you know, I mean, listen, I was I was I was nine when KU won the Orange Bowl, right? So yes, I have memories of it. Yes, I remember watching the game and everything, but it's not like I, you know, I, I don't feel like I really maybe got to experience it in the same way, right? So even for me personally, I'm I'm happy about that, and I'm sure there are a lot of other fans that are maybe of of our age or you know in that age range where kind of the same deal, like they've spent a lot of time hearing about it from oh, fans who are a little bit older about, oh, yeah, the Orange Bowl, how great it was, right? Well, now here we are. We get to make our own memories at the, at the Liberty Bowl, right? And, and obviously it's not the same caliber of bowl, right? But I think the excitement level around it is still very high, obviously because of the history that KU's had. And and I think people know that this is a this is a KU team that this is not just going to be a one-off. Like we, when we talked to Brian Haney yesterday, this is not just going to be a one-off season, you know, this is this is a program that is very clearly committed to continuing to grow and continuing to build. And obviously, with Lance Leipold signing his contract extension, with Andy Kotelnicki signing his contract extension, with uh, the what the athletic director Travis Goff has has done and said in terms of commitment to building a new stadium. I mean, this is by far the largest, most concerted effort that a university has put into football. I mean, in a long time, right? And and, and obviously. You know we're we're hyper focused on KU when we pay attention to KU, but I mean, are there a lot of other programs around the country that are putting this much of an of an intensive focus on football? Right? I mean, like just just given what KU has, has experienced, right? I mean, are there are there other programs that have older stadiums that are willing to do this kind of thing? So I think it's really impressive what KU has done in terms of their commitment. And Travis Goff has been nothing short of incredible since coming in as athletic director and. Now you got Lance Leipold here for the long run, and we've talked about it. Like even even when there was the whole hysteria about Nebraska and Wisconsin, like we we mentioned how that's not who Lance Leipold has been, right? He's not been a guy that has just gone to a place just to try to move up the ladder, or just gone to a place and then left for a better job, right? Mm-hmm. Like he has been committed to wherever he's been, uh, at least for you know a couple years, right? I don't I, he was at Buffalo for I don't know how many years he was at Buffalo, but he was there for multiple years. Obviously, is the point. So, yeah. All that stuff, all that stuff, basically thrown together, gives you the Liberty Bowl this year a chance to experience really the first major stepping stone of this program getting to where they want to be. And listen, I've I kind of briefly mentioned the idea, but I mean this is a this is a football program that, given what they did this season, given the fact that Lance Leipold's coming back, Andy Kulnicki's coming back, and Brian Borland, the, the continuity of the coaching staff, you're going to have about what at this point with Kenny with Kenny Logan coming back, you're going to have like what. 18 or 19 starters from your 
from your twenty two on both sides of the ball coming back next season. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is a program that I think you you can really get the sense they feel like they're in a position where as early as next season they could be competing for a Big Twelve championship game, right? And like that's crazy to say, but at the same time, like, is it that crazy? I don't know. We'll find out. But obviously, this game is significant in that you would love to get a win here to sort of really, really cement yourself on that next stair of climbing towards where you want to be, right? Like, like I think even even if KU does lose this game, obviously it's still going to be a very successful season. Most KU fans are still going to be riding the high or, and are going to be very, very excited. But it will feel like maybe you're like, oh, you just missed that opportunity to like totally submit yourself as moving to the next tier, right? Whereas if you win, I think there's no question you're in that next tier. Well, I think, too, it would it would feel weird for as fun of a season as this has been and as big of a turnaround as this has meant, if you lose the game, you finish with a losing season. <laughs> that just doesn't seem right for how well this season has gone. That It, it just feels like they deserve to go out with a win, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but obviously they got to show up on the field. Yeah. So I'll I'll have like a full fledged preview on on the show on Tuesday. That's pretty much all we're going to be talking about. We're like we'll mix in some KU Harvard because that'll be our first show since since that happens. But yeah. for the most part, Tuesday's show is is going to be all KU football in the Liberty Bowl for the game. But obviously, with with you not being on the show, do you have any any I don't know takes or thoughts on the game? Anything as far as the preview goes? Yeah, I mean, we kind of highlighted a little bit earlier this week about how these are two pretty similar teams, right? Like both teams have. Pretty talented quarterbacks that can run the ball. KJ Jefferson was a guy that was drawing Cam Newton comparisons in, earlier in the season. So it was like, you know, I mean, what? I mean, he's a big dude, right? And obviously, that's that's the type of player that has given the KU defense some issues. And I, I think most people expect this to be a pretty high-scoring game. And obviously, with Arkansas having some guys opt out and not having their full cast of their of their team basically at this game, it's you know, you would think it at leans toward Kansas a little bit in terms of the continuity and everything like that and obviously Jalen Daniels and there's been rumors about the possibility of Daniel Highshaw making a return and what his impact could be so there's a lot of exciting storylines going into this game but uh you know for me it's for me it's more about Kansas like Jalen Daniels now having multiple weeks I mean if there was any question about his health going into the K-State game it was pretty much erased remember that remember that play where he just went airborne and got absolutely hammered at the goal line he gets up fine there so like after that play was after that play, I was like, okay, Jalen's 100, percent and he and he has been for this game. Now you're going to get to see another game of that. So, I mean, the defense obviously I think gives gives you some pause, but all in all, it's it's a very exciting matchup, and it and it should be like I said, a pretty high scoring game. There's two pretty similar teams, good offenses, questionable, inconsistent defenses, but uh, I, I got to lean towards the Hawks here, obviously with Jalen. Uh, we've definitely talked about kind of along leading away the the game could matter more for Kansas. Arkansas has all these opt outs. Uh, with what you talked about with Jalen, to me is is probably the most intriguing individual player coming into the game, and uh, it, that might be the case whether he was a guy who had that injury from earlier in the year or not, because he's just a really good quarterback, and those guys tend to be the driving narrative force and, and interesting. But it's yeah. added, too, because of the fact that you do have that whole story of the injury and him coming back the last few weeks. And so if you do expect him, like you were saying, to be a fully 100% because he looked it at times against Kansas State and now has even more time off in between games. I mean, we got a chance to talk to him uh, earlier this week at KU Media Vale. He was, like, he's always a very energetic guy, and there's always, like, a, a positive energy just kind of around Jalen. He was on another level. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> on whatever that was Tuesday when we got a chance to talk to him. And, and I think it's it's a sense of him being excited for the bowl game and knowing internally that, yes, he is 100% back. And so if we're saying Kansas is playing a bad defense in Arkansas and you have your quarterback who was a Heisman candidate earlier this year is 100% back and healthy, like what do you think the proper expectations are for Jalen in this game? Is it for him to have like a takeover game? I kind of think it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say so too. I mean, with the triple option, with the running ability that we expect he should be able to do, yeah, I think this should be a game where the KU offense pretty much executes at its maximum capacity, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be the expectation, given the amount of time they've had off, given that Jalen's fully healthy, given that Devin Neal's had time off, given that even you might get an appearance of Daniel Highshaw, right? Given that uh, that you the best players for the Arkansas defense are not playing, like, yeah, I think that should be the expectation for this Kansas offense: is hey, we're going to come in here and we're going to we're going to do our thing, right? We're going to do what we were doing early early in the season, which is executing and playing really well. Now, the one thing is like. The KU offense, even though they were executing at a high level, there were some games early in the season when, when Jalen was fully healthy where they had some turnovers. They had some stops on fourth down, right? You go back to the Duke game. Remember the Duke game? They got stopped on fourth and goal to start that game, right? They had the fumble at the one against CCU that really, you could argue, was probably the play that maybe cost yeah. them a chance to win the game. No, you do that and you make your 30-whatever-yard field goal. Yeah. Boom, you win. Yeah, so I mean, TCU's even, not in the so playoff. even even if this, <laughs> even even if this offense is is quote unquote firing on all cylinders, like they have been kind of snake bitten in a couple situations, uh, you know, early in the like like I guess maybe you agree with this, but like feasibly, the best way to compare your expectations for this game would be to what we saw in the first five weeks of the season, right? Because you're gonna have pretty much your full toolbox in terms of Jalen Daniels and everything, right? So, but again, like I said, you have the Duke game, you have the TCU game. You know, even and even like the Houston game, they really, really struggled early, right before they turned it on. So, it, uh, you know, uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, I do expect the offense to be firing on all cylinders, but that doesn't mean that they might have some play, some drives or whatever where they maybe do struggle a little bit, or they commit turnovers or get stopped yeah. on fourth down. Yeah, shaking the rust off maybe early in the game, especially after time off, where maybe you don't have that fluidity. But uh, we do expect it. I mean, with Jalen back, you could have Daniel Highshaw back. Uh, we know Luke Grimm was dealing with some injury stuff at the end of the season, like getting him possibly fully healthy. Uh, the big question to me is is just because I, I do expect with Jalen and the offense to play well. The big question to me where, that's going to be the difference of whether Kansas wins or loses is just what spectrum are we looking at with the defense? Is this a yeah. very bad defensive game where you give up 50? <laughs> is this a solid defensive game where you get a couple turnovers but you still give up 34, but that might be enough as we kind of exactly. talked about earlier? Or is this like yeah. a a great defensive game where they get the time off and they're completely changed and they only give up twenty one points? Like yeah, those I are, mean, those well, are the I think spectrums. we talked about it maybe earlier this week or last week where it's like if they give up thirty points and maybe get like a turnover plus like a stop or two, you feel would good. you consider that to be like a quote unquote good like a good, a good performance? I, I think guess. you just feel good that up, that puts you, you, a, you in up, a good spot to win. You give up two hundred fifty yards on the ground, thirty points. But you get in it, but you get like a critical interception, or you get like a stop at one point. Like, I think you would, I think you'd have to take that. I guess if you were given that. Yeah, as a right choice. now, if you told me they give up thirty-one points, they forced two turnovers. I'm you'd taking probably it. take it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, Versus the possibility of giving up a lot more. All right. Anything else you want to predict for the game? Ooh, anything else I want to predict for the game? Over under six to nine and a half. Over. I Over think. for sure. I. I think. It's a lot of points. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot, it's of, a points. lot of points. Because the game could I'll end 38-31 and you're still under. 
I am going to predict that I will probably not have my voice. <laughs> going to predict that I will not do a lot of sitting. And uh, I don't know. That's probably it, I think. Okay. Love it. All right, we'll have a, a, a more preview uh, to that on, on Tuesday's show. We're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we will get to our game picks. We've got Rock Chalk Pickahawk. We're out early today, 4.30, pregame coverage for Kansas and Harvard. Tip-off 6 o'clock right here on your home for the Hawks, KLWN, and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, half an hour to go. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. It's that time of the week on Rock Chalk Sports Talk for game picks of the biggest games ahead from this weekend. Well, that sounds great. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Right here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Yeah, I'd like to bet 100 bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. All right, that time normally on a Friday, but we're doing it today on a Thursday because this is our last show of the week. We don't have a show tomorrow. No show on Monday, and we're uh, out early today in less than a half an hour for coverage of the Kansas-Harvard game, which you can hear right here on KLWN and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. Tip-off at 6 o'clock for the Jayhawks and the Crimson. Let's get into our game picks for the week. Before we do that, though, looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, Venue 1235 has you covered, located right off I-70 and five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Venue 1235 is a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, uh, private suite, and a covered patio. You are 71-84-5 overall, if you include your locks, 86-98-7. I am 74-81-5. 86, 105 if you include the locks. We'll start so in college football. My locks are better is what you're saying. Yes, your locks are way better. My yes. locks are doing terribly. Yes. Um, so right now you're 1-3 in, in college football. We have one game we picked last week that because I didn't realize this was going to be on a Thursday, so we picked it from a Thursday. <laughs> Baylor against Air Force. So we're still waiting on that one to cash from last week. I was also 1-3 in, in college last week. You were 35-50 and 50 overall in college. I am 36-49. and 49. In college, which means just a one-game difference there. Ooh. We'll start with this one. Wake Forest minus two versus Missouri. I can't pick Missouri. Sorry. Wake Forest. I mean, I, I mean, Sam Hartman, I know, is transferring from Wake Forest, so I don't is he I don't think he's even playing, right? He's not they're gonna be their quarterback, right? But even still, I, I can't I can't pick Missouri. I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. It could be Wake Forest minus a thousand, and I would pick Wake Forest. Yeah, Missouri's had a lot of opt-outs. Um I really like that Wake Forest offense. I think it's tough to prepare for. Now, it does help Missouri that uh, they get the extra time for, for the bull practice. But, yeah, not going to pick Missouri. Wake Forest. Wisconsin, minus 3.5 against Oklahoma State. Okay, so I was thinking about this. On one hand, you have Oklahoma State, who seemed like they were kind of falling apart. Mike Gundy was maybe losing some of his locker room. A lot of guys transferring. Spencer Sanders transferring. So it's like, okay, maybe Wisconsin. The other side, Wisconsin, they fired their coach. Graham Mertz is transferring. Like, they also have a lot of issues. So I'm, I'm, I really don't know. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State here, but I, I, 
I don't really know what's going to happen. This is a kind of a, an interesting game because of the fact that both teams are like in kind of limbo right now. Well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it would not surprise me. Mike Gundy's a very good coach that, that he gets them ready to pull this upset. I am going to take Wisconsin, though. I, I think the difference, Wisconsin being without Graham Mertz versus Oklahoma State being without Spencer Sanders no, is very different. Yeah. yeah, it's much more severe well, for Oklahoma Spencer State. Spencer Sanders is playing Oklahoma State's favorite, right? Mm, probably. Or at the very least, it's a pick em. Yeah. Um, so. But also, like, I just look at how teams were able to run the ball on Oklahoma State, including Kansas, who ran for over 300. What does Wisconsin like to do? Just run the football. They and do like to run HP Braylon back. Allen yeah. is a very good running back for Wisconsin. So I'm going to take uh, the Badgers, minus okay. three and a half. UCF taking on Duke. Duke has given up three points. Yeah, I, I can't really figure out why Duke is favorite because I feel like UCF is, is the better team. If Duke wins this game, they might end up ranked, and KU would have a ranked win to end the year. <laughs> well, I know because they're eight and four, right? Yeah. Duke, yeah. So Put them at nine I mean, and four. I'm picking UCF. I mean, come on, give some respect to the group of uh, group of five team here. UCF. I'm taking UCF too. Uh, I just I, I think both. I don't know. Duke I mean, is Duke, Duke is a good? solid team, but yeah, they're not like I don't. You could argue UCF might, maybe has a more like team speed and talent across yes, the board. 100. percent So I'm going to take them, especially with the three. Number 15, Oregon has given up 14 and a half against North Carolina. Oh, I wanted to go with Oregon, but North Carolina's offense is really strong, and so I don't I don't see a path where Oregon is going to cover 14 and a half. I mean, this to me seems like it's going to be like a. A forty-one to thirty-one, or forty-eight to thirty-five, or forty—you know, something like that. So, I'm gonna go with North Carolina. I mean, I know North Carolina's defense is really bad, but I'm gonna go with North Carolina. I'm gonna go North Carolina as well. I I think that they can scheme it up. Drake may back to at least keep a close game. Should be a lot of points in this game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, I just think that's too many points. It seems like yeah. A I very no, big I agree. I mean, if this was like ten. Or nine or eight, I would probably lean Oregon. Mm-hmm. But again, North Carolina's offense is so good. I, I, I don't see how Oregon can score enough. I mean, I know Oregon's. I know North Carolina's defense is bad, but I don't think they can score enough points. Oregon can to to cover that. Texas Tech taking on Ole Miss. The Rebels are uh, minus three and a half. This is another interesting one. You had the whole story with Lane Kiffin about possibly leaving, and then he does all this bull crap where he's like, oh, actually, I'm staying. So uh, I, I'm going to go with Texas Tech here. I'm going to ride with the Big 12 on this one. Listen, Texas Tech is not a bad team at all, and this to me feels like a game where Ole Miss just kind of walks in and expects to win, and Texas Tech comes in and maybe beats them. I'm going to go with Texas Tech. Yeah, I uh... – Man, I go back and forth on this because part of me is like this could be a, a Mike Leach like honorary game, and Texas Tech gets it. I just, I think Ole Miss is is got a really good running game, and, and they're going to be able to take advantage of some deficits for Texas Tech. So I like Ole Miss minus three and a half. Uh, lock of the week, you were nine and seven in college. What are you going with? Oh, I'm going with the Kansas Jayhawks, baby. Come on, Kansas plus three against Arkansas. Boom, lock it up. Okay. Easy money. I'm just six and ten. So probably avoid this, but I'm going to go Coastal Carolina plus 7.5 against East Carolina. Coastal's been kind of getting bludgeoned at the end of the year, despite a good season when they went, I think, 10-3. and three. But the games that they were getting blown out were without Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall is going to basically use this as an audition to transfer somewhere else. So he's back. 
Battle for Carolinas. Yep. I think he's it should be, be a close game. He's going to be motivated for sure. Yeah. So give me Coastal plus seven and a half. Okay. On to the NFL, where on the season you are 36, 34, and five, above 500 after a 3 1 and 1 week last week. I also went 3 1 and 1. I'm sitting at 38, 32, and five. I think the only game we picked different last week was uh, the one that tied. Uh, oh, Jacksonville really? <laughs> at the New York Jets. That's tonight. The Jets are giving up one and a half. Got to ride with the boys here. Jacksonville. Give me give me Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, truther. Jaguars going to get it done. Jaguars are going to win the AFC South, and they're going to the playoff, baby. Give me Jets. Listen, I've been riding with the Jets for a long time. I was going to say. The Jets have also been my boys, but I'm going with Jacksonville for okay. this game. I think I am on board. Jaguars are going to win the division. Now that uh, Ryan Tannehill's out. For the season, possibly. Yeah. Kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. They're only a game back. They still play them. They beat them up last time they played. But in this game, I am going to go the Jets. The Jets. The Okay, so first of all, the Jaguars. Zach Wilson, really? I know. That's the part. I, I view this as a game that the defense is going to win it for him. Yeah. Like, it's going to be 13-10 or something. This could definitely be a 13-10 to 10 game. Yes. And um, with the Jaguars, they've kind of been that team this year, which makes sense. They're a young team that's learning how to win. That they have like a really impressive performance, and then they everybody's like, "Oh, are they good?" And then they they stink the next week. Like, uh, remember they blew out the Chargers? Yeah. It was like, "Oh, Trevor Lawrence has arrived." And then the next week, I think they lost to the Texans. Um, so everybody's like starting to buy in. Feels like an easy bounce back. Everybody's out on the Jets because Zach Wilson. I just think that they really need this win. I mean, they do for the playoff. Both teams kind of do, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Jets. New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota giving up four points. Yeah, this is an interesting one. You have, obviously, Minnesota being the worst team in the NFL for the first half against the Colts, and then the best team in the NFL in the second half. And this is a noon game. This is a noon game, right? And mm-hmm. my confidence wavered in Kirk Cousins at noon last week, but then he came through for me. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. Noon Kirk Cousins. The Giants kind of stink, even though they're my boys. Give me the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Giants because what do the Vikings do? They play close games. They do. Yeah, they so do. if this was two and a half, I'd probably take the Vikings. But the fact that it's four, I could see the Giants pulling the upset, to be clear. But, like, they win games by a field goal. So give me the Giants plus the four points. It's a big game for them. They could really use it to solidify their playoff position, which is looking pretty good after the, the Washington win last week, but certainly would help with this one as well. Yeah. Cincinnati is minus three at New England. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals here. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of faith in New England, and I mean, <laughs> this is one of those where I'm honestly shocked. It's only three. Yeah, I thought I mean, this would be well, like a six or a seven point. It's spread. on the road. Like the I Bengals guess, are like the hottest team in the NFL, and the Patriots yeah, are. I mean, we just, we just saw how they lost last week. So, yeah, I'm going the Bengals here. I, 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 I yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the Bengals are going to win though. I thought about doubling down and not only picking the Bengals, but making them my lock of the week as well. Really? But I am just going to stick with it. I, I won't have it as the lock of the week. I'll have something else there. Um, but yeah, Cincinnati, I think they beat them easily. The, the Patriots have like no good offensive well, Bailey players. Bailey Zappi like, is better than Mac Jones. I don't think it matters. I, I think they're both <laughs> kind of like whatever. Ramondre Stevenson's like, okay, he's a pretty good running back. Outside of that, it's like the offense is like, eh. Now, they do have a good defensive line, so maybe that causes some issues for, for the Bengals, but I just I don't see any way that the Bengals <laughs> lose this game. I really don't. I'm, like, trying to come up with ways to make this interesting. I, but that does scare me a little, that I can't find any reason yep. to make it interesting, Vegas and it's knows. only three points, right? Vegas, Vegas knows. knows something. But I'm going to go Cincinnati. Uh, Washington at San Francisco. The Niners are giving up seven points. Speaking of Vegas knows, this feels like a very high number. Minus seven? Does. 
for Washington when San Francisco is the name of their game is HB dive and play defense every <laughs> single play. I'm going to go with San Francisco. Why not? Roll the dice. I'll take the Niners here. Uh, Brock Purdy is fun. He's frisky. He's exciting. And I think he's just going to go crazy, and the Niners <laughs> are going to win big. So what does Brock Purdy also do? He does, like, he, incredibly he does stupid really plays dumb every stuff. now and then. Yes. Yeah, right. No, he does. Um, I mean, that's what he was known for at, at, at Iowa State, for sure. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, that, I, was, I that is what he was known for at Iowa State. But, yeah, why not? Take the Niners here. Okay, that's let's, fine. Let's get, I, let's get weird. I am going to go with Washington. And uh, the reason why I'm going to go with Washington is because I just feel like that line is too big. I really do. I think that... That's what I'm saying. It's so big that you just lean into it. I know, but I, I kind of think that number has been derived because of the fact that uh, San Francisco has just been like beating everybody up, even with Brock Purdy. And I don't think that's going to continue to last. And I think Washington is is kind of that frisky team that you said that. Okay. You know they they play teams tough. They've got a good enough defense. I think they cover the seven points. Okay. I like Washington. Philadelphia at Dallas. Probably no Jalen Hurts. Cowboys are minus five. Gardner Minshew is Minshew-mania. just going to go crazy. Give me give me Philadelphia. I think they're going to win. Da- <laughs> Listen, Dallas are frauds. Wow. I think they're frauds. Well, I mean, they're frauds every year, but I think this year they're especially frauds. So I'm taking Philadelphia. I do think, though, this one means a lot more to Dallas. I mean, Dallas is, they're kind of reeling a bit. Jalen Hurts could be out for the Eagles. No, this is like a like this is a must-win game for Dallas. For Dallas, whereas for Philadelphia, yes. it's like, yeah, they want to win. But, but like, if listen, they lose, it doesn't change Whenever much. What happens when Dallas plays must-win games? They lose. Mm-hmm. That's like what they do. Yeah, but I wonder if yeah, that's that's fair. I am gonna go Dallas minus the five. I, I think their defense is good enough. Even though they're like losing all their corners now to injuries, which doesn't help. I think the defensive front, Micah Parsons has a big game. I think they shut down Gardner Minshew in the offense. They win like a twenty four to seventeen game. So okay. I'll take them to cover the five points. Uh locks of the week, you are six seven two in the NFL. Who do you got? Oh. Give me Detroit, the Lions, baby. Only minus two and a half against Carolina. That, that line feels scary kinda, to me. I know. Carolina's kind of frisky. I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna roll with with Detroit. Give me, give me the fighting Dan Campbells. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Come on. Give me the Lions. All right, I'm just six and nine on my NFL locks. I will take the Denver LA Rams under. So that was your lock last week. Did it hit the Denver under? It did not. It ended up Ooh. with, I think it was 36 and a half. I think it ended up at 38. Ooh. I want to say. So did not hit, which means I feel even better about this one. Because how often <laughs> did the Denver... I mean, the Denver over is hit, what, two straight times? Uh, I think so. Well, every time you bet it, it's hit. Or every time you bet the it's under, the it's opposite. hit. It's the opposite. So, yeah. whatever. Doesn't matter. I'm going the under. Is Baker Mayfield in his third week at the Rams with a cruddy offense really going to put up that much against the Denver defense? And is the Denver def- offense really going to put up much against a good LA Rams offense? I mean, Denver just let the backup QB for... The Cardinals put up 15 points. That's not very much. That's almost half of your under. I think the Cardinals offense with the backup quarterback is better than this Rams offense. Because at least that Cardinals offense has DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> and other players. I don't know, Zach Ertz <laughs> and James Conner. Right? Whereas this Rams offense, it's like... I was like, really curious where you were going to go like, with that. It's like Ben Skoranek? Oh, they got DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and uh, some other guy. Yes, so... Uh, I think the Rams' offense is worse. I think okay. the Rams' defense is also better than that Card- Cardinals' defense. That's very fair to say. So give me the under. Five. Okay. Okay, uh, we are going to add on, start doing the KU game bets 
with what it is on the on the given day. Whatever they're playing, yeah. Harvard is at number five, Kansas. The Jayhawks are giving up 21 and a half points. I'm going to ride with the boys here. I'm taking Kansas. They're on a roll like we talked about earlier in the show. I, I think they get it done. I'm going to go with Harvard. I am a little worried about the, the letdown experience, and I could see this being, yeah, it's a kind of a, a, a game where, I don't know, Kansas is up like eight to ten points at half, and then Harvard goes on a bit of a run. It's a six-point game at the 12-minute mark, and you're like, what's going on here? Kansas pulls away. They win by 15 points, 16 points, but they don't cover the 21-and-a-half because of that, so I'll take Harvard uh, to keep it a little bit close. How about the over-under? It is 137-and-a-half. That seems kind of low. I'm going to go with the over. I think Kansas is, I mean, Listen, in these types of games, Kansas usually ends up scoring 80, 90 points, right? So if that's the case, then Harvard only has to score, like, what, 40? To uh, if they that? score 90, yeah, they would need, like, 48 points yeah, to cover that's that. that's what I'm saying, like 50, 60? So give me the over. Yeah, I'm going to go the over as well, and maybe this is a little counterintuitive to me betting on Harvard because of the idea that if this is kind of a look-ahead game for Kansas, then... Yeah, maybe they're not going to score as many points, and maybe it will be a little bit of a kind of ugly. But like even game in that like regard. the even like the Southern Utah game where you what? Okay, I keep getting it mixed up. Was it Southern Utah or was it Utah Valley? Southern Utah. Okay, <laughs> I just want to put some respect on Southern Utah's name. Okay, because I kept calling them the Utah Thunderbirds. Maybe I kept calling them Utah Valley earlier in the week. Okay, Southern Utah. Even that game, it was a very close game. The, the final score was like eighty-three to seventy-nine, right, like something like that. So that would have been way over this. So I'm, I, I'm, I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, I, I like the over for sure. I, I think that even if Kansas could have a down game, yeah, you could wind up with, with 78 points. And I don't know if Harvard scores 60 in that regard, then you're definitely good. So I like the over. And honestly, I like the over more as a bet than I do liking the Kansas or Harvard side of, of the 21 and a half. Um, okay, let's finish things up. Uh, switching over from game picks, we've got to do a uh, another edition of Rock Chalk Pick a Hawk. You are on a roll. You have tightened it up. It is now five to three. Reminder Wait. for how this works: you get a point for every point a player scores. Wasn't it five to three before last time? The last game? It was five to two before last game. You're sure? I am pretty sure. We'll have I to go back and, and look at the records. Five to three before, and now it's five to four. It could be. We'll go back and, and listen to the tape. Uh, but. <laughs> Whatever. Either way, it's it's close the gap. You get a point for every point they score. You lose one for every shot they miss. I think you're short arming me here. You get. Uh, well, we'll go back and, and listen to to last ones. Uh, two points for every assist and rebound. Minus two for turnovers. Three points for steals and blocks. You have the first pick this week. I have the second pick. Who would you like? To snake. I am going to pick Kevin McCuller. With the first pick. Okay, going away from Jalen Wilson. Well, that yep. will make it very easy for me for my. Second pick, or my first pick, uh, Jalen Wilson will be my first one. Bounce back game for him. And then who do we go with? So Harvard has decent size at the center position. Not going to go with KJ. Um, it's a matter of Grady. So if you look at Evan Miyakawa's website, one of the worst defenders in the Ivy League and the worst defender on Harvard is their shooting guard. And I would imagine he'll be on Grady Dick. Grady could have a big game. Juan Harris also fills on, up the stat sheet. Why wouldn't they put him on McCuller? They might. That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, if you just view it as shooting guard on shooting guard, then that would be the case. But yeah, they could just put on. You know, they, the worst. I mean, if they. I mean, wouldn't it be smartest to put him on Dewan? I guess that could make sense. But he's like a six six. Okay. He might not have the quickness. So I I don't know who they're going to defend him with, which which scares me a little. But I am going to go Grady Dick. 
So you went with uh, Jalen and Grady. Jalen and Grady. Okay. I am going to go with Dewan then as my next pick. I feel like that was the obvious one. Yep. And then, I mean, I guess I could just go with KJ. I mean, he's going to be the starter. That's the starting five. Or I could lean into, jeez, I don't know. I, I, I think I have to go with KJ. And I just have to. I mean, even if I wanted to go with somebody else, I don't think I can. Okay. So I'll just go with KJ. Okay, so now we get into the bench, which, I mean, Pettiford's got the highest floor for minutes, and after the Indiana game, I feel like he put up enough stats, so I will go with Bobby Pettiford. Okay. And then uh, let's just stick with it with Zuby Ejiofor. Let's see if he gets back-to-back good games and, and okay. plays enough minutes. If he does, he gobbles up rebounds, which is always great for Pickhawk. I'm going to go with Ernest Uday uh, because he's really big. Obviously, <laughs> and Harvard doesn't have anybody that's that big. They have a six ten so, center, six ten two fifty five. Okay, fine, sure, whatever. I'll go with Ernest. This could uh, this uh, this could be a sneaky Ernest like five. It could be. Game. Yeah. Uh, you have another pick. Uh, so how many, I have four players right. So we're doing. Yes. Are we doing six? We'll go six. Yeah. Ernest. Okay. Well. I, I kind of want to pick MJ Rice. I think he's gonna. I'm picking MJ Rice. Okay, MJ Rice. We'll see if he can uh, kind of get off the schneid here. I. So you have there's so Joe is still out there. Yeah, Jack Joe's Clemens. gonna be the first one I take for sure, just because I feel like he will at least play a handful of minutes. Cam and then, Martin. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll go with Cam Martin. I feel like he's definitely ahead of Zach Clements at this point. Okay, so I have one, I have one Clements or Jankovic basically. Oh, dude, Jankovic. If Jankovic is there, I gotta take him. Okay. Jankovic it is as we wait for Zach Clements to still hit his first shot, and we're almost into the new year. He is Nick Springer. I am Derek Johnson. That's going to do it for this edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Out early today for pregame coverage, KU versus Harvard, and uh, tip-off at 6 o'clock right here on your home for the Hawks, KLWN, and our sister station, 105.9 KISS. Hope you have a uh, good rest of your week, good rest of your night. Drive safe. Be safe out there in the weather. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. No show tomorrow or Monday. So make sure to siphon out the podcast. Have a Merry Christmas as well. Later.